Good morning. Happy Christmas Eve. You guys ready? Yeah? It's a good day. That was awesome, you guys. You guys that did all that, Papa Panoff and crew, that was amazing. That's so fun, because I mean, this is the day that if we have like the kids doing something, we know that, you know, the grandparents are here and the parents are here and man, quite a crew. Hey, this is a good day. So um, over the last four weeks, we have been lighting the, the Advent wreath. And I told you the Advent wreath, that is a tradition that helps us just kind of stay focused on Christmas. But the waiting's over, right? Yeah. I mean, tomorrow's Christmas. Tomorrow's that day that we get to celebrate together, remembering that just over 2,000 years ago, the God, the creator of the universe, the God who loves us, loves us, he took on human form. He was born as a baby, and he came so that he would save us. He was saving us from sin. He was saving us from death. He was saving us from brokenness inside of ourselves. He was saving us. And he was saving us, but not just out of, he's saving us into. Because from before time began, he said that he had prepared a life, this existence for us, something that he had intended for us, and it had been, it had been taken from us. We had, we had lost, lost hold of it, lost sight of it. We'd lost it, and he came to buy the way back. He came to pay a price that we couldn't pay. Amen? Amen. It's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day to be, amen, yeah. We thank Jesus. You guys, that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. That's what we've been, uh, that's what the reading was about. We're gonna start back in the reading in in Luke 2, because I want you to remember these words. So if you would stand with me. We're going to start in God's word in Luke 2. This is that account of the original Christmas, that first Christmas night. And I want us to think about what these words are saying. Luke 2, 8 through 12, it says, In the same region, this region of Bethlehem where Jesus had been born, there were these shepherds that were staying out in the fields overnight to watch their flocks. They were keeping guard over them. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord stood in front of them. Now, I don't know what it'd be like for you guys, but if an angel suddenly were standing up here, be a little concerning, wouldn't it? And it says, and the glory of the Lord shone all around the area where it just lit up the whole area, the whole region. And it says they were terrified. Oh well, yeah, right? But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for I am here to bring you news of the utmost importance and of the greatest joy, which will be for all people everywhere. For today... There has been born to you today in the city, that hometown, that home city of King David, the, the first, one of the first kings of Israel, this town of Bethlehem, there has been born to you a savior, which means a victor, a champion, who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. That's what Christ means, the Messiah, the Lord of all. And this will be the sign to you. This is, I want you to hear this. This will be the sign to you so that you will know that what I have said to you is true, okay? This is to be the sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in rags, wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in an animal's feeding trough. That's a little surprising, wouldn't you say? Right? On the one hand, you're talking about this victor, God's savior, it's the Messiah. He's going to be the ruler and the redeemer of Israel, and he's going to be God's champion. He says he's the Lord of all, which means that he's God himself coming down. But on the other hand, you have, and there's going to be this baby, by the way, right? 
wrapped in strips of cloth because they'd been ripped because they didn't have any clothes for the baby, so they had to tear up what they had to make clothes for the baby. Going to be lying in a feeding trough. Why? Because they didn't have a bed for the baby. So this, you, you know that the shepherds had questions, right? You guys, I'm going to let you sit down because otherwise... <laughs> I got some stuff to say about this, right? The shepherds had questions, right? Because they're going, God, okay, so... Wait a second, you sent the angel, is this baby, is this baby the savior? Or I want you to think about being there. Is this baby wrapped in the strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough, is it a savior? Because that's not what the angel said. The angel said, this baby will be a sign. So is it a savior or is it a sign? Is it a sign pointing and telling us that there's a savior somewhere, right? But I just want you to know there's a savior somewhere, so I sent you the sign nearby. So is the baby the savior or is the baby the sign? because this baby's not looking all that impressive. How many times have you guys been, had something in your lives going on, and God said, you know what? I've come to save you. He gives you a promise, and you know he's given it to you, and you know he's saying, you know what? I'm gonna do something about this circumstance, about this situation in your life. I'm gonna be doing something about the brokenness in your own life. This thing that looks like it's this big deal, and God says, I'm going to save, but when he says it, you don't, there's no burst of light. There's not even an angel that shows up. Nothing. It doesn't even, nothing momentous happens. No big change happens, and you start looking at it. You go, God, I don't, that's not looking all that impressive, Right? You go, what's going on, God? Well, that's an important question for us because that's one of the most important things that we learn from the Christmas story. What is God doing when he says he's going to save but nothing huge happens, right? What, what is he doing? Because God wants us to know that, you know what, his love, his power, his movement, his salvation, it doesn't always look so big. It doesn't always look so impressive. But he wants us to know that it's always strong enough. It's always going to end up strong enough, big enough to change, to save, to transform, to do what he promised. Amen? It's the story of Christmas. Today's message is titled, Love. It's the embodiment of victory. Father, today uh, we want to hear from your word. We want to hear from the story of Jesus. We want to hear from your spirit. Father, we don't want to get in the way of that. We don't want to come and bring our preconceived ideas. We don't want to come and think, you know, I've heard this story so many times, and, and what do I need to learn from it? Father, we want you to teach us. We want you to embed something in us, this message of Christmas. Because you know what? Your salvation, it doesn't matter how it looks to us. <laughs> it doesn't matter how it looks to anyone point of salvation is, is it, is it effective at the end? <laughs> does it save? Does it rescue? Is it, does it have the power and the strength to overcome? Father, Jesus has the power and the strength to overcome. So we pray that you would show us Jesus this morning. Help us to re-hear this story and to be retold that, that good news of utmost importance, of greatest joy to all the people. All the people, including us. So we pray that you would be here this morning, take this time and this space and take our hearts. We open them to you. We open our ears, our eyes, show us, tell us things that we need to know. Redeem 
those things in us. Break through those things in us. Let your kingdom come. This morning again, we pray in Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, when I was a little boy, when I was growing up, and we had this hill that was out in front of our house, and some of you guys, if you know what a hill, if you have a kids, you know, if you have kids and there's, there's these hills, you know they're going to find a way to go down that hill. And we loved that hill, right? We would take our bikes down that hill. We'd take wagons down that hill. We'd take go-karts. We'd take our roller skates. Because if you go down that hill, you could get going really fast. And one of the, one of the first learn, um, lessons that we learned on that hill, one of the most important lessons was, you know what? When you get going too fast and you think you're going to crash, what do you got to do? Well, you got to get off the sidewalk, right? We learned that the sidewalk is not where you want to land. Go for the grass go for a bush, go for anything. Just don't land on the sidewalk because the sidewalk's made out of concrete. And concrete doesn't give way, does it? In fact, concrete, it tends to take your, your elbows, you know, takes the skin, it, it cracks your head. I mean, concrete is not fun. It, it, it's, too, it's too strong. We used to watch when, when grown men would try and bust up this concrete and they'd have these huge hammers and they'd have to pound on it, pound on it, pound on it. And even then when they try and pick it up, it was so heavy. It was so strong. It just didn't give way because that's what concrete's for. Well, then you imagine my surprise when I learned that the one bump, there was this big bump on the hill on the way down. It used to wipe us out every time. You'd be going down just when you're picking up speed, you hit that thing and you'd get thrown off. And, and when I learned that, that what was that caused by was there was this tree that was growing next to the sidewalk, right? And the tree had started out small enough, and when they laid the, the concrete, they didn't think anything about it. It was all smooth and flat, but when, over time, the tree grew, and it sent its root out, and that root kept growing and kept growing and kept pushing and pushing against the concrete, and it pushed it up and pushed it up until finally one piece of that concrete had actually broken, and it broke. It broke the concrete. We didn't see it coming. It just kind of kept lifting up, and then it broke. So it broke this thing that, man, we could fall down it all day long. We would never break that concrete. We could hit it with hammers. We wouldn't break the concrete, but the, that root had broken that concrete right in half and lifted it up like it was nothing. And that was amazing because concrete, I mean, that, that doesn't break. I, I don't know if you guys have seen those pictures of, um, they have like buildings and these, these temples that are out in the middle of jungles now, right? They weren't originally, but they are now. And they're surrounded by all these trees and everything, and, and they're made out of these huge pieces of rock. I mean, these huge pieces of rock that it took hundreds of people, hundreds of hours to carve these things out of the mountain and to transport them down and to get them into place and to make these huge temples. And yet, somewhere along the way, some small seed is dropped between two of the rocks, right? And a tree starts to grow and it starts pushing these, these two big rocks. And after it's done, it hasn't just moved the two rocks that it's next to. It's taking down the whole temple. So you have, this, you have this heap of rubble and you have this tree standing in the middle of it, right? You guys have seen the pictures. Because something is, it, it doesn't seem to come, you think of something as tiny as a seed and you're going, how in the world? But the reality is, is it doesn't matter how tiny, how insignificant it starts out. It matters how big and how strong it's going to end up, Right? That's the same with God's salvation. It doesn't matter what it looks like when it starts out. Even if it looks like a little baby lying in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth. It doesn't matter how it starts out. It matters how it ends up. 
You know, when Jesus was on earth and he was teaching about the, the kingdom of heaven, he said, you know what the kingdom, what can I compare the kingdom of heaven to? He said, you know what it's compared to? I'll compare it to a mustard seed, smallest seed you can even think of, tiny seed, doesn't look like much. You plant it in the ground and everybody's going, oh, what's that seed going to amount to? But then it grows up and it grows up into a tree that's bigger than all the plants of the whole garden. In fact, birds come and nest in it. He says, what can I compare the kingdom of heaven to? The kingdom of heaven, you know what it's like? It's like that little bit of yeast that you throw into a big lump of dough. And you go, what is that little bit of yeast gonna do against all that dough? But you mix it in and you find out, you know what? It leavens the whole lump. The whole lump, when you bake it, it rises because the yeast has made its way into every bit of it because it doesn't matter how small it is when it starts out, it matters how it ends up. So then he says, you know what? And if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, what do you have to become like? He says, well, you have to become like a child. In fact, it's like you have to be born again. You have to start at the very beginning, the very smallest you can get because the kingdom of heaven starts small. But it doesn't matter how it starts out. But it starts with the unspectacular. When Jesus was on the earth and he says, you know what? I need some disciples. Who did he look for? Who did he find? He found these he found these blue-collar fishermen. He says, I'll take you, right? And when he gathered his crowds, who did he find? He found all the people that were unsuspecting. He said to the kids that were standing around, and the adults said, no, this is, this is big people stuff. And Jesus said, no, let the kids come to me, right? Let the children come. Let the outcasts come. Let those who are, are pushed to the sides of society, let the broken and the sick, let them come. Because when the kingdom of heaven starts, it starts out small. It starts out looking insignificant. It starts out with a leader who starts out as a baby, savior of the world who starts out laying in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth. But in that, the angel then says, I want you to know this. This is of utmost importance because today the fullness of the love of God has been born. And that love is strong enough. That love is strong enough. Just give it time. Just give it time. Watch it grow. Watch everything that stands in its way, every obstacle, every barrier. Let it, watch it be broken up. Let it be brought down to a pile of rubble in front of this Savior, in front of this King. Now, we think of that pile being that, a sign of destruction. It destroys this thing that was built up. The kingdom of heaven, it, like it works backwards, doesn't it? Because out of the rubble, it builds up something beautiful. Instead of ashes, it brings forth rejoicing. Instead of, instead of sadness and sorrow, it brings everlasting joy. Instead of sorrow and brokenness, it brings peace and contentment. He says, watch it grow. That's why the angel said, so watch closely. Because this is news of utmost importance. It's going to be for the greatest joy for all people everywhere. That's you. That's me. So what does this have to do with us? What is this message that the angel, and what is this sign, the sign of this little, this insignificant looking baby that is called the savior of the world, the fullness of God's love, the fullness, the full picture of his victory in this world? What does that have to do with us? Well, how many of you guys are facing something maybe in your life right now? 
How many of you guys, maybe you're facing something like, it's, a, it's just where the odds, they seem insurmountable. It seems, it seems a broken relationship that seems irreconcilable. Maybe it's, a, it's, a, it's something that's even in yourself or, or this, um, these, this situation that seems impossible. So maybe, it's, maybe it is this relationship with, with a parent that broke down years ago and there hasn't been, you haven't even had any kind of communication for years. Maybe it's a relationship with a child the child has kind of gone off on their own way and they, they, they've kind of turned from anything and there's this fear, this concern that you have as a parent for your child. Maybe it's, it's with a friend. So you can figure out where things have gone wrong or, or with a spouse where there's just been this kind of this silence in it. Maybe there's something going on. Maybe there's something going on in your body. This illness and you're going... And, and what these things look like, they look like these rocks, these barriers, these huge stones that can't move. And every time you bang against them, they just, they, they don't give way. In fact, you end up more broken than when you, you tried to hit them, when you tried to come at them. Maybe it's, a, it's not a physical illness. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a mental challenge that's happening, an emotional struggle that you're having. Maybe, maybe it's, it's a memory that you can't get past. Maybe it's a trauma you can't get past. Whatever it is, Maybe it's a situation, or maybe you look out into the world. You look into the world and the lives of others, and you say, there are these things, these blocks that are in place, and they don't seem to move. And when you see those things in your own life or in the world around you, you say, God, what are you going to do about those things? What can be done because they're too big, they're too solid, they're too hard? He says, listen to the voice of the angel. Because he brings you news of the utmost importance. News that comes with joy that is meant for everyone. Because he wants us to know, you know, when Jesus, when that baby was born, the kingdom of heaven broke in. The kingdom of heaven that is planted like a seed, and it's like the seed that drops down between these things, and and the tree grows, and, and he says, don't worry, because the cracks are already showing, right? It's already, it's starting to break. It's starting to bend. The kingdom of heaven doesn't give way. It just keeps growing. It keeps moving. He says, and you know what? When you, when you let the kingdom of heaven come into your life too, he'll accomplish the things that he said he would. That transformation that you thought was impossible, he will accomplish that. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven, it always starts small. But it doesn't matter how small it starts. It just matters how big how strong, how complete the victory is at the end. Amen? You guys, that's the story of Christmas. God wanted us to know that on the day that he came, that he took on human form, that that baby lying in the manger, that baby that was announced to hired hands that were often taking care of someone else's flocks, that baby that looked so insignificant, that was the very the Messiah of God, that was the Lord of all, that was Jesus who was coming in the fullness of God's love for us, compelled by his love to save us. Amen? Amen.